Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm Richard Bliss, your host, and you are listening to Funding the Dream. My guest today is somebody who has listened to, now he tells me he's listened to every episode, which is uh, is something that I find a bit humbling and a bit uh, grateful, because I know there's a lot of you out there that... uh, listen, give me feedback. And Brian reached out to me and had some ideas and some suggestions. And I thought, what better way to have that conversation than on the show? So I'm joined by Brian Rosender. Brian, thanks for joining me. Hey there, I'm Brian. (laughs) Yeah. And Brian, you and I have had a a great time chatting. You are based in the Orlando area. Uh, You've listened. Have you really listened to every episode? Uh, So I went through, you know, I've got like a, uh, a tracker or something. And I would just click the next one and the next one and the next one. And I relied on that system to make sure that I hit everything. And so, okay. The only way I would have missed something is if my process had a break in it, like, Oh, that, that one, like I hit it, but something was wrong with the episode or something like that. It would have been like very, very few episodes and if I ever found out I missed one, I'd go back and listen to it. Well, I appreciate that because uh, that is, you know, I think we're up to almost 300 episodes. And that means at 20 minutes, you know, that's 100 hours of content. You've, I've been in your ear a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you also were, and I'm very grateful for this, for a long time, a, a Patreon backer of the show. And I certainly appreciate that. You, but, and we had this conversation, the show kind of went quiet for a while and... Um, you weren't happy about that, were you? No, no. Uh, yeah. I think they were even like withdrawing the donation while I was still backing you. So every month I give you a dollar and the and go I, by and I wouldn't get an episode and then yeah. another dollar and I wouldn't get an episode. So I was eventually, I just withdrew and I figured we're going to get some space here and then I'll see eventually <laughs> what happens. Yeah, and I owe you an apology and to the backers. Uh, it went dark for a little while. Uh, there was a lot of distractions in my life. I shared it with you. And normally, you know, and, and Brian, I just said this isn't the type of thing that you would normally have on a, on a podcast. But uh, yeah, I went through a divorce. I went through a, uh, a job change. I went through a moving, selling my house. All of those things kind of got in the way. But, you know, all that time I continued to in the back of my mind say, look, I got to go take care of this, this, mm-hmm. this baby of mine, this podcast that had uh, reached so many people, so many thousands of people have listened to it. And so what I appreciate is you kind of hung in there because you reached yes. out to me recently uh, listening to, cause the, the show is back. Uh, and it's not just back kind of back. It's uh, now on a regular basis, one to two episodes a week. Uh, I'm appreciative of that on the next episode one of the episodes that just recently had John Covey, uh, my co-host is joining me. Uh, we're finding some interesting content. So I appreciate your patience with me. Am I forgiven? I'm excited. You're definitely forgiven. Also, as a person who has a particular interest in like peacemaking and apologies, I think you did an excellent job there uh, opening up some of your personal life to really sell the apology, I think is an important part. I appreciate that. It has been, there are people, guests on the show as well, who, uh, who are friends who know that I have struggled with that over the year, uh, a year and a half or so that the show wasn't on because I have grown to love the people just like you who have reached out to me. 
Yes. Um, you know, I had a chance a while ago, and it's Gan- I think it's Gannis Games. If he's listening, he's going to be all excited. <laughs> he came running up to me at Origins. Some friends of mine wanted to go to Origins. I'm in California. I think I had just got the divorce was just happening. I my life was upside down, and they said, "Hey, let's go to Origins." And I'm like, we were going to go compete in Star Trek Attack Wing, the 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 board game Star Trek Attack Wing, because we played a little which bit, which is based on the X Wing board game, which is actually all based on the Wings of War board game that came out of the uh, folks in Italy, the um, the Ares games. Yes. Right. And so, yes. So that game we played and they had the world championship at Origins. So they said, hey, let's go. And, you know, <laughs> it was like, OK, I needed a distraction. Yes. So we get on the plane, we go, we're at Origins and I'm approached by people as we're playing games. We're just sitting waiting yes. for and people are coming up saying, hey, I just want to shake your hand. Thank you very much. Gannis Games running up, uh, shaking my hand. And my friends, it, it's kind of like that. A prophet in his own land isn't really appreciated. My friends are like, what, what is this? And I'm like, well, you know I do this podcast thing. Yeah. And it was exciting to meet so many enthusiastic fans. It was also exciting because I ended up taking fourth in Worlds at the World Championships uh, for wow. Attack Wing. And my buddies, again, were just like, wait, we just brought you along to, to have fun. You, know, you weren't supposed to beat us. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, so there, there you go. And so that's why, Brian, I appreciated when you reached out because we, I made a request in a recent episode as I had a guest on uh, to talk about Legends of Novus. Legends of Novus is a game that is being produced. It's currently on Kickstarter at the time of this recording, and it's about a third of its way of funding. At the time, it had been out for five days. It was a quarter of the way of funding. And the, um, they reached out, Fundamental Games reached out because they wanted to know what had what what could they do to kind of fix this uh, problem is that they just weren't getting the backings and i have to admit brian that when i started when he reached out i thought okay it's just another person who's just kind of trying to shortcut the system and uh i'm it's it's wes wes woodbury he's just shortcutting the system and i'm just going to give him some basic advice but as he, as you listen to the episode as i got on the show no wes has been working on this for 10 months putting it out there showing it off, getting in groups, contributing Facebook, Twitter, um, all the different places, a great artwork, invested in the artwork, invested in the plate, yet it still wasn't getting it. And so I realized that I had, I was wrong, that I had come in this with a different attitude and that Wes had poured his heart into this and was doing a great job and I needed some advice on that. And, and you, yes. had, you had some advice and that was the call to action. So let's talk about that. What yes. did you see in Legends of Novus that you liked and that you think could Wes could do to help with his project? All right. So first of all, uh, I want to say that we talked a little bit about types of games that I do play and that I do not play beforehand. Um, I do not play very, very many of these types of uh, RPG, RPG analog style games where you're trying to recreate the RPG experience on a computer or a tabletop group of friends into a board game. But I have a couple of them. And the reason why I grabbed onto a couple of those games was because I wanted to find something that they did that was special and unique and really cool that none of the other games were doing. Okay, fair Uh, enough. Yes. So... One of the games I'm looking at, which is coming out in a few months, I've mentioned Level 99 beforehand, or coming on Kickstarter Kickstarter in a couple months, I mentioned Level 99, 
they're coming out with a system where it's going to feel like a boss battle from like Castlevania or something. And you're going to be doing a lot of moving around and uh, special attacks. And you're going to have to be really careful that the monster doesn't land a powerful hit on your character. Okay. So, and I thought, I love the complicated systems that that company comes up with and the real feel of and tie between the art, which we mentioned is great for this game. Legends of Novus. Yeah, Legends of Novus. The art, the story, the game mechanics, all of that is going to tie together brilliantly for that game. And what I'm looking for on a game is I want them to sell me uh, that they have something unique about their game and that specifically I want unique gameplay. Okay. Because I think, after I look through his page a bit more, I think he sold me on some things that are unique but aren't necessarily going to be as powerful unless they tie into the gameplay and have unique gameplay. Interesting. And, and what were you doing... How were you pulling out these impressions from his project? How were you pulling out the uniqueness? Was it just in the uh, description or was it in the video? Was it in the imagery? Where were you getting that feedback and that input? So uh, talking about his game, when I first came to his game, I just looked at his page and I went down the campaign and I was looking for uh, what is the gameplay in this game going to be like? And he gives you something simple at the top on the about section. And what I read up there is, uh, this is going to be essentially the same type of fantasy RPG style game that you've played a thousand times. If you, if you play Gloomhaven, you've already played this game. If you played the other ones on Kickstarter, you've already played this game. And that kind of scared me away. Got it. Interesting. That his, that his very act of trying to legitimize that this game is something that's familiar was telling you, well, then I've already played those games. I'm not interested. And the important part here is, is that you still need to tell your, your backers, your potential backers, that this game is familiar. Got it. You need, you need to tell them, you need to set that up. However, he also needs a hook. And this is kind of like, if you're like familiar with like pop songs and music, you go, you go, you have the verses, they're all kind of familiar, and then you get to the chorus and there's a particular line in the chorus, which is a hook, and that's just going to stick in your head and you're never going to forget it. It'll keep on playing through your head, not the entire song, just that, just that token line or phrase or something, and you won't be able to get that out of your head. And what makes that special is you know all the other stuff, but that particular is especially powerful and different. Got it, got it. And you felt that, that, that if there's, the hook is here, he's kind of got it buried a little bit. Well, not just that he has it buried, we see where he tried to put it. And I scrolled down the page, and he has become a hero, equip yourself, down, 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 down. Here's stretch goals, here's characters, here's components. I'm keep on going. Oh, why back us is where the hook is supposed to be. Right. Now, I'm about two-thirds down the page scrolling down. And that's a long page. And it's a long page. I think that there are some things he can do to clean this up. But most importantly, the why back us, in some sense, needs to be right up there at the top. Uh, you know, I could not agree more, particularly in, when I, because I write 
and do work on the marketing side, whenever I'm working with somebody and they send me over a blog or an article or anything, I always go to the last paragraph, cut and paste, and move it to the very top. And I, <laughs> I because because so often we are trained to do the setup, do the setup, and then the reveal. Here's the aha. And I think you're absolutely right. And I had missed that because I, I have to admit I'd never made it that far. I never made it that far down to the Y Bacchus because I got through all those cards. I'm like, yeah, 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 I got it. I agree with you 100%. And I want to continue here. I looked through the Y Bacchus, and to be fair, he does have some hooks in here, at least some potential hooks, but none of them grabbed me. Got it. And this is going to vary based upon your audience, uh, but some of them in here, I felt like he was actually uh, – actually trying to pitch to the wrong audience. What audience do you think he was trying to pitch to? So uh, I think in some sense he was trying to pitch to a publisher and he didn't realize that he needs to actually talk to his players and see what they're going to hear. The The worst thing on here and the, the real key for this is, uh, and this is the about section, featuring an open concept world. I've, I've never heard of a gamer talk about an open concept world. I don't know what that means. Uh, that sounds like something that a publisher would hear, and that would be their language between themselves. But an open, I think that's part of his maybe sandbox language. Right. But that was open concept is not like something a gamer would say. Interesting. That's a very another valid point to use the language that your backers are familiar with. And sometimes you're thinking of it. I know what he means, right? I think we know what he means. Maybe, yes. I think we know, but your point is, is that, but he's not using language that the backers would understand what that means and it would have any value to them. Open yes. concept could mean that it's not a, it's not a set, you play once and you're done type thing, right? Open concept could mean that, okay, we tried that, now let's try this, a, a, a variety of different methods. And it's not just a different series of scenarios, but that, you, you can create on – you're right. There's a whole different level of interpretation that happens with that open concept that maybe he could go into that a little bit better from a end-user playing experience rather than from a publisher or a manufacturing perspective. Yes, and this is getting a little bit more into game design, but I when I looked at his game – so I was a little bit scared away by the by the idea of an open concept game. And then I looked in the game, and it didn't have the part that actually scared me away. But the problem with open concept as a game design is that it sounds like I can do anything, but in a game, what actually makes it fun is that you want to have things that you can do and things that you can't do. You want to have restrictions. Right. You, wanna, you don't want to have, oh, I can make my character into anything I want. You want to have, no, he's really strong at punching, but he's really weak to magic or, or something like that. But open concept could mean, oh, I can do both. Right, 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 which sounds uh, intriguing, but you're right. It's the weaknesses that we have to overcome that makes it much more exciting than simply the strengths that we use to dominate. Right? Yes. I, I like that a lot. That's a great, that is great insight. Well, what else do we have? Is there more? This is so, great. So I want to actually get into... In preparation for the interview, I tried to just find out as much about his game as I could. I don't want to tell him just what not to do, and I want to give him some more advice about what a good hook for his game might be. Okay, what do you got? All right, so first of all, he's got these characters up here. 
And the character art, as you said, looks very good, but I have to really dig to find out what each of these characters are. Okay. Uh, I get down here, and eventually I see some artwork, and it's better artwork, or it's, it's more complete artwork than up top. Up top, I mostly see their head, but now I can see them actually, like some of them are doing attacks or poses or something like that. I see a bit more motion. And the thing is about motion is that it carries with it a story. And one thing that you need to know about a hook is, and about a, a pitch is, is that you don't want to just tell somebody a list of features. You're actually telling them a story, and you want them to become embedded in the story of your game. And he's doing that in here. If you look at the really big pictures, you're already in the story of, your ga- of his game because you see more of the character, and you can see them using their powers. But you don't see this everywhere uh, in the game. Uh, you're, you're wandering around with actual character tokens that are the small art, just their head. You don't get to see their attacks. You don't get to see them uh, doing their actions. Uh, and, and I'm going somewhere a little bit more with this. So I want to say he doesn't actually have a pitch for the characters. He just has the art. It's really hard to find out what each of these characters does if if he's uh, if he want he has the opportunity here to not just pitch his game, but to also make and make me invested in the game. He can also make me invested in individual characters. Got it. So he has multiple opportunities for pitches by creating a game with multiple characters. And I had to look deep, deep inside of his site to find this. But each I mean, of these characters has a way to power themselves up by sacrificing cards or abilities or opportunity to do more damage during a battle. So to weaken themselves in one area in order to increase their capabilities in another. Yes. Which makes them, vul- which makes them vulnerable then in that area that they've had to weaken. Yes. So it might be you discard a card in order to gain plus two power for this battle. Right. But what makes that interesting is, is that, oh, these characters can like power themselves up. Got it. And that's and not just power themselves up, but what is the cost? Right. There's always a cost. And, and that's the story right there. That's what may, that's that that's what needs to be a central part of the pitch for these characters is you have the gameplay tied to their art, tied to their story. All of those need to be matched together. And once players see that, they're going to be like, oh, this actually like this is me, not because I made a character in my own image by configuring them together, but this is a really powerful character in the way that I want to be really powerful, and that's a pitch. I think that, Brian, that is excellent advice. As I'm listening to you, I'm seeing how that ties together. I'm on his website, uh, legendsofnovus.com. And, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing what you're talking about, that it's, it's kind of buried. There's good stuff there. And that's certainly what we're taking away from this conversation as we wrap up is that, that, that we're not knocking it. It's just that it's there. Now let's just bring it together. Bring out that yes. hook. Find the story to tell to invest people and find different ways to do that. I mean, I, this has been great feedback for this. I certainly appreciate that you have reached out. Is there any last, in the last 30 seconds we have, anything else for him? Or is that, do we, did we do a pretty good job? 
I, I have some more stuff, and I'll try to be quick. No, no, don't so, be quick. Take your time. Okay. I'm okay. the one. I'm the one who took the beginning of the show. We'll we can <laughs> go. We'll go over. I know I said that I'm religious about the 20 minutes. Well, we'll go over. You put a lot of research and time into this. Let's let's give him let's give him what we've got. Go for it. All right. So his game has several different significant events that happen throughout the course of the game. First of all, you have a character class upgrade when you hit level 10. Okay. That's a power spike, and it's going to be important in the development of your characters. Somebody coming into this game wants to know what the power spikes are, and he needs to communicate that in a way uh, as part of his pitch. Like, your character is not just, like, becoming more powerful by adding on another stat level. He's actually getting new abilities, and they're going to become, like, they started out as a normal guy, but then after you hit level 10, you become a monster who's going to wreck things. And oh. that power spike needs to be pointed out as maybe not, maybe not as like the first pitch, but after somebody hears the original pitch, then they're going to say, okay, give me more details. And then you're going to start talking about some of these systems. And that is one system that needs to be just pointed out because people want to hear about the significant moments in your game some other ones are no no hang on because okay, let's, let's take yeah. let's take a minute to talk about that one because what you're saying is is that otherwise the fact that your character gets to grow and add stats is an incremental growth yes but what happens with his is at a certain level of incremental growth there's a transformational growth that happens yes right that it it changes it doesn't just get a little better a little better a little better suddenly at one point it now changes to something not entirely different, but significantly different. Yes, and that ties into your character's story because this is like a climax or a story beat. Okay, got it. All right, I like that. Uh, so some other climaxes and story beats as part of the game, uh, if we look at his win conditions, you have to either defeat a like world-class monster called a quest monster and you showed one of them uh one of them came up as part of the art on his uh introductory video but these monsters look big and serious some of them are shooting out big fireballs i like i like it when his monsters are doing attacks and just you have to at the end of your game essentially, you're going to probably fight one of these monsters. Okay. And you're building your up, you're building yourself up to take on this monster, this battle. Alternatively, you can do two quest events, which are going to be easier, but it's going to be more like the travel across the board and collect these items. Right. And unfortunately, I couldn't find any detail about the quest events outside of very basics. That was buried very, very deeply. But I want him to be pulling out uh, kind of the flavor of the quest events and the monsters so that I can see what are the big moments that are going to happen in this game in terms of challenges to overcome. Got it. It's like now I understand what you're saying is that the end game can be pursued. You can pursue basically two different end game paths. Yes. Take on the boss the monster or p fulfill this, this, these, these quests. Yes. And what you're saying is that right now they are unbalanced as far as their, as why I should choose one over the other. Or more importantly, I didn't even know they were there. I had to dig deep, deep into his rule book, into his website to find any details on them. 
and I'm not even sure that those details are up to date. Got it. And, and I so- was scared away. This is the part I was scared away from by the open concept sandbox gameplay. I didn't know that there would be a climax to the game. Right, that it just kind of ended, right? That if it's open and if it's open format, that means it's open ended for the ending. That it's just like, okay, yes. here, here's we just we're done. Okay, who has the most stuff? This right. guy has the most stuff. He wins. And but it's not what you're saying is, is that no, there is this hidden gem of this climax ending that you are a, a purpose. There is a purpose, focus purpose of why you're doing this. Yes, got it. Interesting. Okay, excellent. What else we got? Uh. Let me see. Uh, there are a couple things. Like, I think... Th- I mentioned earlier that I wanted his page to be a little bit more organized, and that wasn't just in terms of the order of things. I think he has... His Kickstarter page. His Kickstarter page has all of these graphics on it. And this is getting away from, like, the, sure. the, main, the main stuff. Uh, all of these graphics are lined up one by one, and a couple times he has uh, large, large bits of text. Like if we go to the equip yourself or the save your world section, we, we have something that we're almost getting up to what we call a uh, wall of text. And a wall of text is going to be something that's longer than like four or five lines of text. You want to break those up into paragraphs. You also want them justified because that reads better on a page and these aren't justified. So this is, this is kind of nitpicking stuff, but as a, person who is a little bit interested in design, he wants the paragraphs to be easier to read. And uh, also for these graphics, since they're one by one, it takes me forever to scroll through the page. I kind of want things organized so that maybe the pictures, maybe some of the art is a little bit smaller, but I kind of want them organized a bit more using a paragraph understanding of art. So I want some of the group, some of the graphics group together and then you have like a break and I want them easier to follow instead of, okay, I'm going, I'm going. And I don't even know when I'm going to get to the next spot. I don't know when I'm going to find the important thing. Uh, I kind of need a little bit more of uh, organization on the page. Sure. Hence, hence, uh, hence what I ran into. And that is, I didn't realize there was a Y back section. Yes. Cause I never, cause I scrolled and scrolled and I'm like, okay, I got it. And it's probably just going to get to the end of this and it's going to be the risk and rewards. And okay, I'm done. And then now once you point it out, I'm like, oh no, there's a whole lot more that just keeps on going. Got it. Yes. Got it. Uh, Brian, this has been fantastic. I can't say uh, thank you enough for the amount of effort, time and thought that you have put into, uh, helping break down legends of Novus uh, project. Tell me, what's your – I have backed the campaign uh, partly because of the, uh, of the loyalty of, of um, Wes being willing to come on the show. Is this something now that you've done this research that you will be intrigued or interested in, in seeing on your, on your game table someday? Uh, I, am, I tend to be very picky about the games I pick up, and I try to keep a narrow selection, and that's because I try to – I don't – while I have my friends come over a lot, they don't necessarily want to play a lot of new games. Got it. So I tend to focus my purchases onto the best one or two in a genre. Yeah. And I, right now, I don't see him as being that for my particular group. In uh, some things that I'm going to call out here, which are not problems, but I tend to like to keep my games under an hour. 45 minutes to an hour is kind of our sweet spot. And right now he's saying about an hour to an hour and a half. 
That's about twice as long as what my group wants to play. Got it. Got it. Not a problem that he needs to change. Nope. But uh, it's not going to work for my group unless he can really put something together that will sell the theme and the gameplay for my group. And we were talking about this earlier, but uh, my group tends to be a very more competitive style of group where they want to have like, I'm going to actually be hard countering the things that you're doing. A lot of conflict. Right. And I couldn't find that angle in this game very much at all. They, they might be just wandering on their own and not interacting with each other at all, except for like taking resources that the other ones needed. Valid point. And in my case, I like playing this type of game that does not have the conflict focused on it. Uh, I like playing games with beautiful artwork. I like, a, as uh, I've heard, uh, Jamie Stegmaier uh, just had a video come out, Table Presence, right? I like the Table Presence. Yeah. And this has some, a pretty good Table Presence. And it's a little outside my genre, uh, but... It is something that I would probably take a look at simply because you and I have such different gaming uh, interests that it's the type of thing that I would probably pull into. Brian, again, how can I say thank you very much for the time that you've taken to invest and pass this along? I'm hoping this campaign succeeds. I love what he's done here. I appreciate I've had a chance to get to know Wes pretty good, and I'm really excited to see that it – it's showing some life. It's not. It's a third of the way funded at this point in our in our conversation recording, and I'm really hoping that it makes it. Thanks again for being on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming back and starting up this podcast again. I am very grateful. Well, thank you. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Brian Rosander, and Brian is and I have talked about Legends of Novus and going through uh, one of my previous guests as we've talked about his campaign and some of the things that he could do to kind of spruce it up a little bit uh, as it's uh, trending. If you like being a fan and you like showing support, then I invite you to join our Facebook group, Funding the Dream on Kickstarter podcast Facebook group, where we can talk about all things on the episode. Thanks for listening. Take care.